Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm glad to be here once again. And I bless the Lord for all of you. Thank you, uh, Reverend, for inviting me back. And I know that we are going to have a great time in the presence of the Lord. Amen. I can see quite a number of people that I know here. I came with my friend Patrick Arjuna. He's over there with uh, some group. And uh, Aunt Doreen, I'm glad to see you here. Amen. Uh, our theme today is uh, the hem of his garment. And we are reading from uh, Matthew chapter 9, 19. But we are going to start from uh, 18 to 20. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to thank you so much, Lord, for this afternoon. We thank you for this fellowship. We thank you for what you're doing in this church. We thank you that your presence is here, your glory is here, your anointing is here. Touch your people and bless them. Let your divine presence come down, O Lord, as we share your word. Bless your people. Thank you for this afternoon. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're going to do. We bless you and worship you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Now, the Bible says in Matthew 9, from 18, as Jesus was saying this, the leader of the synagogue, of, as Jesus was saying this, the leader of the synagogue came and knelt before him. My daughter has just died. He said, he said, but you can bring her back to life again if you just come and lay your hand on her. So Jesus said, so Jesus and his disciples got up and went with him. Just then a woman who had suffered many, uh, who had suffered for 12 years with a constant bleeding came up behind him. She touched the fringe or the hem of his robe for she thought, if I can just touch his robe, I'll be healed. Let's read 22. Jesus turned around when he saw her and said, Daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was healed from that moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now the Bible is telling us about a woman who had an issue. She had a problem which was not for one day, not one week. It had been there for months, for years. You know, there are certain things that, uh, this world is full of problems. There is no family, there is no individual life who has never gone through a problem. Now, when the problems come, it is easier to, you, you expect them to go quickly. But there are things that come and cling around you. You are looking for a solution and you cannot find it. Imagine a woman having an issue of blood. Not for one day, not for two days, not for a week, not for a month, but for years. And by the time she comes to Jesus, she has suffered for 12 years and there's no remedy in, uh, in sight. 
It meant she was going to be like that for the rest of her life. Twelve years of suffering, twelve years of, of isolation. And if it was maybe during our time, it would be okay. But during that time, this kind of person was supposed to be treated like a COVID patient, isolated, and be alone. You, I think we still have the memory of COVID in our minds. Some of you had relatives. You had people whom you knew. Where somebody gets a problem, this is maybe your mother, your father. You want to be there with them. When you have your relative, somebody whom you love, you want to be there for them. But a situation comes and separates you completely from the rest of the family. These people will be alone in ICU. You are not allowed to go and see them. Even when they die, people were cut off. They were not allowed to go and bury, uh, and bury them. Now, this woman suffered with something close to that. But it was for years. It was supposed to isolate her. She was not even supposed to come into the public because that would mess. If anybody came, it came if she, you touched her, it meant you are also defiled and you are supposed to be isolated from the rest of the people for a day. We shall be looking at that. Now, Jesus is not on a holiday. He's working and he's very busy. They have called him, there is an emergency. Somebody has lost his daughter. And uh, this is not a small man. He's a big man. He's a leader of a synagogue, a leader of the people. He's come to Jesus. He's desperate. His child has passed on. And he wants a solution. He knows hospitals cannot help him. He comes to Jesus and tells him, I have a son. My daughter has died. So if this woman has to wait, has to wait for this man, I don't know how, uh, she doesn't know whether they will uh, allow her even to accompany them. She's not even supposed, she's sneaking, she's illegally coming into this crowd. The man is in trouble. He's, have you ever seen somebody who has, you know, there's a situation which comes and causes somebody to be desperate. That you have to do everything under your power to help. One time we had traveled, I, I traveled, I went up country, I went with my wife. And uh, we, we drove in the night. So we arrived home quite late, went to us past midnight. So preparing a meal, bathing and whatever. So we go to bed at exactly two. And as, now normally when I'm sleeping, I, I switch off my phones. But that day I forgot on my phone. So at exactly three, and I'm extremely tired. Somebody rings me. First of all, I, I was just upset with that call. I'm tired, and I don't want anybody to call me at night. Somebody calls me. So I woke up, and I'm, the first question is, why are you calling me at this time? And the man begins his morning on the other side of the phone, telling pastor, my daughter, ha my daughter is dying. My daughter is dying. Pastor, my daughter is dying. The legs have gone cold. The whole body is becoming cold. She's cold. She can't respond. Pastor, help me. I need a prayer right now. And, you know, I didn't want to wake up my wife. I, 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 I mean, the call woke up my wife. 
And I was, I was sympathizing with her. And she's just like, please pray for that lady. I mean, pray for that man. And I began, I told the man, put this phone on loud and put near the ear of the girl. And we began praying. I prayed, I rebuked the spirit of death, witchcraft, whatever power the enemy has sent to, to attack that kid. And as I continued praying, the man told me the, the girl is now sweating. She began sweating, she began to receive, the body began to receive uh, warmth, and eventually this girl received life. <laughs> Hallelujah. So after the call, I put down the phone, I switched off and slept. I called him at, uh, at 10. His phone was not on. At midday, he called, uh, I called. He told me, ah, pastor, I'm here, I'm playing with my daughter. My daughter recovered immediately. Hallelujah. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. Anybody who came to him whatever time, Jesus touched them. So Jesus is going with this desperate man, but there is a woman who has an issue. This woman has suffered for years. Now, um, this was not something which is a wonder thing. It had been there for years. Now, I want us to look at the condition, the, what, uh, the medical restrictions of the time, of, this, or, 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 of the time when the woman was having that kind of issue. Let's go to Leviticus chapter 15, starting from verse 9, and I'm going to read from NLT. You remember those medical restrictions of COVID? This woman also, her condition had medical restrictions. Now, the Bible says in Leviticus 15, whenever a woman has a menstrual period, she will be ceremonially unclean for seven days. Anyone who touches her during that time will be unclean until evening. Anything which the woman lies or sits, um, sits during the that time, the time of her period will be unclean. If you touch her bed, you'll be, uh, you must wash your clothes and bathe yourself in water. And you will remain unclean until evening. That is, if any of you touches her bed, you must wash your clothes and bathe yourself in water and you, you remain unclean until the evening. Are you seeing those restrictions? If you touch any object she has sat on, you must wash your clothes and bathe yourself in water. And you will remain unclean until the evening. Verse 23. Uh, this includes her bed or any other object she has sat on. You will be unclean until evening if you touch it. If, um, okay, verse 24, if a man has sexual intercourse with her and her, blood, uh, and her blood touches him, her menstrual impurity will be transmitted to him. He will remain unclean for seven days and any, um, and any bed on which she lies will be unclean. If a woman has a flow of blood for many days that is unrelated to her menstrual uh, period, 
or if the blood continues beyond the normal period, she's ceremonially unclean as during her menstrual period. Um, um, the woman will be unclean as long as the discharge continues. Any, uh, any bed she lies on um, and any object she will sit on during that time will be unclean just as during her menstrual period, menstrual period. If any of you touches these things, you will be ceremonially unclean. You must wash your clothes and bathe yourself in water and you remain unclean until evening. So there were strict rules for somebody like that. Just for this woman to come in a crowd where people are passing, it would be like a COVID patient who knew she, was, she had COVID and came where the, in public. It was a crime. They were supposed to be isolated. This woman was isolated from the public, isolated from her family, isolated from her children, isolated from her husband, because anybody who touched her would become unclean. She was not supposed to be employed, cut off from employment, cut off from supermarkets, cut off from anywhere where there's public life. She was supposed to be alone declared unclean. So when she had, she had tried everything, the Bible says she had spent a lot of money. She went to doctors. She went to anybody whom, where she had this, any, uh, somebody who can heal her. Maybe tried witch doctors, but nothing would heal her. She spent money. The other day I was telling you, well, the last time I was here, I was telling you of a man who who, whom they brought in my house and when I began praying for him he just died that man had spent 50, uh, 150 million on treatment and had failed but Jesus touched him in my house and he got totally healed to this day <laughs> hallelujah this woman had spent everything she had tried the husband, the children, everybody who cared about her tried to help her. But she was isolated, declared unclean. The law was harsh, was harsh against her. She was considered an outcast. You are there, maybe you may be in a place like this. You look like everybody else, but there's somebody who has, which has, something that has made you an outcast. You don't fit in clubs. Ah, you know, social clubs. When the family meets, they underlook you because of what you are going through. On the outside, we see you like anybody else. But you are going through a situation that only you know and your family. One time I was living in the UK and there's a lady. This lady had a disease. She had, uh, she could not hold her urine. Um, she had to look for the toilets at least every 30 minutes. Otherwise, urine would just pass through her. She had to put on, to get pampas for old women. I mean, for big people. 
And whenever she would go in period, she would suffer. She would go in a lot of pain. She tried hospitals in England. You know, England has one of the best, some of the best hospitals in the world. She tried there. Nobody could help her. The doctors, the best the doctors would do was to give her condition a name. She went to the States. She went everywhere. Now, one time she was dying in bed, she was in pain. She was crying. She was during her, going through her periods. And that was the worst time she would think of. She was in pain, crying. And a friend of hers went to, to visit her. Found her in pain. It was at around 5 p.m. She's in terrible pain in bed. And uh, she told her the problem, what she had gone through. She had reached a point when she, even she backslid because even she was not finding a solution in the church. She had been saved at one time, but decided to even backslide. She was feeling bad. So this woman, uh, the friend had known me. We had lived here before. I had worked with her. We had been in ministry here before I went to leave the other side. So she told her about me and said, I have a number of a servant of God. He can pray for you right now. So they called me. The good thing I was still at home. And they told me about this lady. She was in pain, dying in bed. I began to pray for her. They told me about her condition. And we began to pray on phone. I was living in Bristol. She was in London. Our God is not limited by distance. Hallelujah. I began to pray with that woman on the phone. I prayed, I rebuked that disease. And she began to feel the pain leaving her body. And because she had not slept for a long time, she just slept. And the friend went so that she was sleeping, she just left her. So we, I, I concluded the prayer. Then we, I began talking with her friend. So that woman slept the whole night. She woke up in the morning when it was past six. She looked at the time and discovered it was already another day. She was in shock. She knew now her bed, she must be swimming in the urine. And to her surprise, the bed was completely dry. <laughs> Hallelujah. The Lord had repaired her. Things which professors could not help her. Uh, the doctors in England, doctors in America could not handle. Jesus handled it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I don't know what kind of condition you are going through. Our Jesus is able. He is a healer. He's a deliverer. The woman said, if I can only touch the hem of her, his garment. Why did she think of the hem of his garment? Why? She would have thought, if I touch just at least his shoulder, or any part of the garment, but she said, if I can touch the hem of his garment. I want us to read some scripture which talks about that. Let's go to Numbers 15. Numbers 15, 38. From 38 to 39. The Bible says, this is the Lord telling Moses to give these instructions to, to the Israelites. Then the Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. Throughout the generations to come, 
you must make uh, tassels for the hems of your clothings and attach them and attach them with a, a blue cord. When you see the tassels, the tassels you will remember and obey all the commands of the Lord instead of following your own desires and defiling yourselves, you are as you are prone to do. Hallelujah. This is the Lord telling the Moses to tell the children of Israel that as they go into the land, I am giving you my word. I'm giving you my commandments. But make sure those commandments, when you make a gown, when you make a garment, on the hem of your garment, attach, make strings, make cords, tie the things here around your garments. So that when you're moving, when you're going to do anything evil, you look at that and you remember my commandments. Their garments carried the commandments of the Lord. Just like you, when you're a married woman, when you're a married man, when you come here uh, in church and we wed you, we give you something to remind you that you're married. You are no longer free the way you have been. You are responsible to this man or to this woman. So we give you a ring on your finger. So any man who looks at you knows you are married. When you look at that ring, you know I belong to somebody. I'm not free. I cannot give up myself to someone else. Hallelujah. If you are a married person, please keep your ring. If the enemy steals it, buy another one. Pray for it so that you are reminded. So God was in covenant with these people. They are married to the Lord. You are married to Jesus. The church is looking forward to the coming of our bridegroom. We are his bride. So tie the word of the Lord on the garment. So when this woman was going to Jesus, she did not look for any other part. She heard this man was healing the sick. Wherever he went, the sick got delivered. Demons got out. And she said, where is that power coming from? It must be coming from the word of God. So when I reach this man, I am not going to touch anything. I am going to touch the word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So she made her way through the crowd, penetrating the crowd, not minding who is there, illegally doing so. And came to touch the word. And the word was on the word. Because in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the same was God. That's why the Bible says, he sent his word and healed their disease. Jesus came to heal our disease. He came to heal our conditions. He came to restore us. Whatever has isolated you, whether it is a behavior which is not acceptable that causes you to be cut off from the rest of the family, the Lord has come to touch you and break those behaviors. Hallelujah. There's no condition which is above him. He's the God of all flesh. Hallelujah. Is there anything hard for him? Is it your husband? Is it your wife? What is it your, whatever, whether it is, some of you, you have hard taskmasters as your bosses. The moment you get out of home, you don't even want to, when you get out of office, you just like, 
Thank you, Jesus. Let me go home and rest. In the morning, you think of that boss and you don't know what to do. He has made, created a hell around you. But you have a God. You have a God. Hallelujah. The God of Mordecai, who got Haman to be hanged on the very gallows that are, were made for him, is the same God who can make that boss to be hanged on the gallows has made for you. If they are persecuting you and persecuting you for nothing but for righteousness, I'm telling you the God that we serve is going to, serve, to, to, to fight for you and you will see your peace. He's the God who fought for the children of, Pharaoh, of Egypt when Pharaoh was pursuing them and in front there was nothing. There was no alternative. The enemy can squeeze you to a place where you can't see a solution. Behind is the chariots coming against you. In front, there's water and you have nowhere to go. You are at the mercy of your enemy. You have been at the mercy of your condition for a very long time. She had been at the mercy of this disease. It had isolated her, enslaved her, kept her away, kept her in prison from away from people. But when Jesus came, she went and touched him. And that day, everything changed. Tonight, everything around you must change in the name of Jesus. You have suffered for a long time. Jesus turned around and said, who has touched me? In other uh, gospels like uh, Mark and Luke, he asked the disciple, who has touched me? And the disciple said, there are so many people here. Everybody is rubbing himself on you. How can we tell who has touched you? He said, somebody has touched me. Somebody has touched me. I felt the power. Jesus knew who had touched him. And this woman, trembling, not knowing now what she's going to do. She knew, I am, I am I'm not supposed to touch anything. Anything I touch gets defiled. Now Jesus has discovered I have touched him. They are going to investigate me and I'm now in the problems. Because I'm defiled. She did know that the one who has, who has been touched, the one whom she touched, is the one who purifies everything that has been defiled. <laughs> Hallelujah. Whatever defiled you, whatever messed, up, go, messed you up, God made a destiny for you, has a destiny for you. There is a, a future God ordained for you. Satan does not want you to attain that future. Some of you are performing so well in school. You had a bright future, but the enemy used a relative who saw your report, who saw your performance, who saw the celebration at home and said you'll never get anywhere. Study, but you'll never get a job. Or you started just now, things began going bad from that time. Today, Jesus is here to restore you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Whatever the devil has stolen from you, today is a day of restoration. If I can only touch the hem of his garment, if I can touch the word, hallelujah. It is not the, this woman is not the only one who was touching Jesus, who, uh, who got healed by touching the hem of the garment. The Bible tells us in... Um, um, In Matthew chapter 14, verse 30, what? From verse 35. Let's start from verse 34. After they had crossed the lake, 
they landed at Gennethret. When the people recognized Jesus, the news of his arrival spread quickly throughout the whole area. And, as, and soon people were bringing all their sick to be healed. They begged him to let the sick touch at least the fringes of his robe. Uh, other, okay, um, other version says the, the hem of his garment. The fringe is the hem. And all who touched him were healed. It is not just this woman who touched, but anywhere Jesus went, and you came into the he touched with the word. They knew where to touch. They knew where the commandments of the Lord is. They knew where the word of God is was. And when they touched, as many as touched were healed. He's a healer. He's a deliverer. He came to set free. He came to look for the lost. Right now we are going to pray for you. But I came to tell you that Jesus is alive. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's a healer. He's a deliverer. He wants to heal you. He wants to deliver you. He wants to set you free. He wants to set your children free. Some of you have wild children. You produced children, but you, are fear, you even fear them. You reach home when a child looks at you. When a child barks at you, you freeze. The child is like a, like a lion at home. One time a lady invited me to go and pray for the family. We reached here, there, the son was seated in the chair. They sit on remote. They, they own the remote, they own the TV. For your work is just to feed them. They grow fat and stronger. And, but they are terrible. Something had entered that boy. When the mother said, uh, can we sit here with the pastor? You, you, you go there. The, man, the young man backed at the mother. I saw the woman go like this. I'm saying, this one, I wish she was in my house. That one, I would knock you. By the time a kid reaches here, there's something step you missed in life. And it may not be sorted out just like that. You need to go to know what happened. But Jesus is a healer. Some of you are afraid of your own child whom you went in the labor ward. You carried for nine months in your womb, went in the labor ward and suffered. But these children have become something else. We have a healer. We have a healer. He's Jesus Christ. He transforms lives, turns them around. A person who was an animal becomes as docile as a dove. A dove. Let's stand up in the presence of God. Rokushita. Roshiti libebo santa la babosete. Roshika la babosete. Before we pray for people right now, I want to invite you to Jesus. If you're here and you have never given your life to Jesus Christ, you have never confessed him to be Lord and your Savior, I want you to commit your life to Jesus Christ today. Many of the people here are born again. And if you're there and you have never given your life to Jesus Christ, just put up your hand wherever you are if you want to receive him today. He's a healer. He's a deliverer. 
He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the answer to the human problems today. He wants to touch your life this afternoon. He wants to come into your life. He wants to heal you. Is there anybody behind there who wants to receive Jesus today? If you're there, just uh, you can see a hand there. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Any other hand anywhere? Anybody who wants to receive salvation today? Thank you for that hand, young lady. Thank you, thank you. I want the ushers to help those people come over here. Just bring them over here. We want to lead them to salvation right away. Uh, come over. Somebody next to them, just bring them. Uh, do we have anybody else? If you are watching us on the network, yes, help those people who are putting up their hands. Just bring them. If you are watching us from uh, on, if you are online and you also want to give your life to Jesus Christ, I want you to repeat these words as I lead these people. You also repeat them. And the Lord will come into your life. The Lord will change you. The Lord will transform you. Amen. I surrender all to Jesus. I surrender all to Him. you can join them even as we sing the song. If you're there and you're still debating in your heart, please come over as we continue to sing. Let's sing once more. I surrender I surrender Lord, we surrender to you. We surrender to you, Lord. You are Lord, you are King, you are Savior. We thank you for these wonderful souls that have come before you to receive you, to recommit their lives to you, Lord. We pray that, Lord, even as we lead them into this confession, we pray that, Lord, you will receive them. Their names will be transferred from the book of death and written in the book of life from today. And the cut of everything that the enemy has been bringing their way. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 
I want you to receive, uh, to repeat these words after me. Uh, repeat these words after me as you receive Jesus, as you invite him into your life, into your hearts. And if you're behind there and you also want to give your life to Jesus Christ, please do it. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you're my Lord and you're my Savior. Today, I've heard your word and I realize that I need you. Lord, I invite you in my life. Come and forgive me of all my sins. Those I remember and those I don't remember. Forgive me and set me free from Satan and his powers. Remove my name from the book of death and write it in the book of life so that when I die, I'll come and be with you forever and ever. Thank you, Jesus. From today, I'm now born again. I'm your child. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.